part one of chapter eighty three of the adventures of peregrine pickle volume two by tobias smollett this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by martin geeson chapter eighty three part one peregrine and his friend cadwallader proceed in the exercise of the mystery of fortune-telling in the course of which they achieve various adventures these preliminaries being adjusted our hero forthwith repaired to a card assembly which was frequented by some of the most notable gossips in town and having artfully turned the conversation upon the subject of the fortune-teller whose talents he pretended to ridicule incensed their itch of knowing secrets to such a degree of impatience that their curiosity became flagrant and he took it for granted that all or some of them would visit albumazar on his very first visiting day while peregrine was thus engaged his associate made his appearance in another convocation of fashionable people where he soon had the pleasure of hearing the conjurer brought upon the carpet by an elderly gentlewoman remarkable for her inquisitive disposition who addressing herself to cadwallader asked by the help of the finger alphabet if he knew anything of the magician that made such a noise in town the misanthrope answered as usual in a surly tone by your question you must either take me for a pimp or an idiot what in the name of nonsense should i know of such a rascal unless i were to court his acquaintance with a view to feast my own spleen in seeing him fool the whole nation out of their money though i suppose his chief profits arise from his practice in quality of pander all fortune-tellers are bawds and for that reason are so much followed by people of fashion this fellow i warrant has got sundry convenient apartments for the benefit of procreation for it is not to be supposed that those who visit him on the pretence of consulting his supernatural art can be such fools such dribblers as to believe that he can actually prognosticate future events the company according to his expectation imputed his remarks to the rancour of his disposition which could not bear to think that any person upon earth was wiser than himself and his ears were regaled with a thousand instances of the conjurer's wonderful prescience for which he was altogether indebted to fiction some of these specimens being communicated to him by way of appeal to his opinion they are said he mere phantoms of ignorance and credulity swelled up in the repetition like those unsubstantial bubbles which the boys blow up in soapsuds with a tobacco-pipe 
and this will ever be the case in the propagation of all extraordinary intelligence the imagination naturally magnifies every object that falls under its cognizance especially those that concern the passions of fear and admiration and when the occurrence comes to be rehearsed the vanity of the relator exaggerates every circumstance in order to enhance the importance of the communication thus an incident which is but barely uncommon often gains such accession in its progress through the fancies and mouths of those who represent it that the original fact cannot possibly be distinguished this observation might be proved and illustrated by a thousand undeniable examples out of which i shall only select one instance for the entertainment and edification of the company <laughs> a very honest gentleman remarkable for the gravity of his deportment was one day in a certain coffee-house accosted by one of his particular friends who taking him by the hand expressed uncommon satisfaction in seeing him abroad and in good health after the dangerous and portentous malady he had undergone surprised at this salutation the gentleman replied it was true he had been a little out of order overnight but there was nothing at all extraordinary in his indisposition jesu not extraordinary cried the other when you vomited three black crows this strange exclamation the grave gentleman at first mistook for raillery though his friend was no joker but perceiving in him all the marks of sincerity and astonishment he suddenly changed his opinion and after a short reverie taking him aside expressed himself in these words sir it is not unknown to you that i am at present engaged in a treaty of marriage which would have been settled long ago had it not been retarded by the repeated machinations of a certain person who professed himself my rival now i am fully persuaded that this affair of the three crows is a story of his invention calculated to prejudice me in the opinion of the lady who to be sure would not choose to marry a man who has a rookery in his bowels and therefore i must insist upon knowing your author of this scandalous report that i may be able to vindicate my character from the malicious aspersion his friend who thought the demand was very reasonable told him without hesitation that he was made acquainted with the circumstance of his distemper by mr such a one their common acquaintance upon which the person who conceived himself injured went immediately in quest of his supposed defamer and having found him pray sir said he with a peremptory tone who told you that i vomited three black crows three answered the gentleman i mentioned two only 
zounds sir cried the other incensed at his indifference you will find the two too many if you refuse to discover the villainous source of such calumny the gentleman surprised at his heat said he was sorry to find he had been the accidental instrument of giving him offence but translated the blame if any there was from himself to a third person to whose information he owed his knowledge of the report the plaintiff according to the direction he received repaired to the house of the accused and his indignation being inflamed at finding the story had already circulated among his acquaintance he told him with evident marks of displeasure that he was come to pluck that same brace of crows which he said he had disgorged the defendant seeing him very much irritated positively denied that he had mentioned a brace one indeed said he i own i took notice of upon the authority of your own physician who gave me an account of it this morning by the lord cried the sufferer in a rage which he could no longer contain that rascal has been suborned by my rival to slander my character in this manner but i'll be revenged if there be either law or equity in england he had scarce pronounced these words when the doctor happened to enter the room when his exasperated patient lifting up his cane sirrah said he if i live i'll make that black crow the blackest circumstance of thy whole life and conversation the physician confounded at this address assured him that he was utterly ignorant of his meaning and when the other gentleman explained it absolutely denied the charge affirming he had said no more than that he had vomited a quantity of something as black as a crow the landlord of the house acknowledged that he might have been mistaken and thus the whole mystery was explained the company seemed to relish the story of the three black crows which they considered as an impromptu of cadwallader's own invention but granting it to be true they unanimously declared that it could have no weight in invalidating the testimony of divers persons of honour who had been witnesses of the magician's supernatural skill on the next day of consultation the necromancer being in the chair and his friend behind the curtain the outward door was scarce opened when a female visitant flounced in and discovered to the magician the features of one of those inquisitive ladies whose curiosity he knew his confederate had aroused in the manner above described she addressed herself to him with a familiar air observing that she had heard much of his great knowledge and was come to be a witness of his art which she desired him to display in declaring what he knew to be her ruling passion 
cadwallader who was no stranger to her disposition assumed the pen without hesitation and furnished her with an answer importing that the love of money predominated and scandal possessed the next place in her heart far from being offended at his freedom she commended his frankness with a smile and satisfied of his uncommon talents expressed a desire of being better acquainted with his person nay she began to catechise him upon the private history of divers great families in which he happened to be well versed and he in a mysterious manner dropped such artful hints of his knowledge that she was amazed at his capacity and actually asked if his art was communicable the conjurer replied in the affirmative but at the same time gave her to understand that it was attainable by those only who were pure and undefiled in point of chastity and honour or such as by a long course of penitence had weaned themselves from all attachments to the flesh she not only disapproved but seemed to doubt the truth of this assertion telling him with a look of disdain that his art was not worth having if one could not use it for the benefit of one's pleasure she had even penetration enough to take notice of an inconsistency in what he had advanced and asked why he himself exercised his knowledge for hire if he was so much detached from all worldly concerns come come doctor added she you are in the right to be cautious against impertinent curiosity but perhaps i may make it worth your while to be communicative these overtures were interrupted by a rap at the door signifying the approach of another client upon which the lady inquired for his private passage through which she might retire without the risk of being seen when she understood that he was deficient in that convenience she withdrew into an empty room adjoining to the audience chamber in order to conceal herself from the observation of the newcomer this was no other than the innamorata who came by appointment to receive the solution of her doubts and the misanthrope glad of an opportunity to expose her to the censure of such an indefatigable minister of fame as the person who he knew would listen from the next apartment laid her under the necessity of refreshing his remembrance with a recapitulation of her former confession which was almost finished when she was alarmed by a noise at the door occasioned by two gentlemen who attempted to enter by force terrified at this uproar which disconcerted the magician himself she ran for shelter into the place which was preoccupied by the other lady who hearing this disturbance had closed the window-shutters that she might have a better chance of remaining unknown here they ensconced themselves in the utmost consternation 
while the necromancer after some recollection ordered hadji to open the door and admit the rioters who he hoped would be overawed by the authority of his appearance the janitor had no sooner obeyed his instructions than in rushed a young libertine who had been for some time upon the town together with his tutor who was a worn-out debauchee well known to the magician they were both in that degree of intoxication necessary to prepare such dispositions for what they commonly call frolics and the sober part of mankind feel to be extravagant outrages against the laws of their country and the peace of their fellow-subjects having staggered up to the table the senior who undertook to be spokesman saluted cadwallader with how dost do old capricorn thou seemst to be a most venerable pimp and i doubt not hast abundance of discretion here is this young whore-master a true chip of the old venereal block his father and myself come for comfortable cast of thy function <laughs> i don't mean that stale pretence of conjuring <laughs> damn futurity let us live for the present old hayley conjure me up a couple of hail wenches and i warrant we shall get into the magic circle in a twinkling <laughs> what says galileo what says the reverend brahe here is a purse you pimp hark how it chinks this is sweeter than the music of the spheres our necromancer perplexed at this rencounter made no reply but taking up his wand waved it around his head in a very mysterious motion with a view of intimidating these forehead visitants who far from being awed by this sort of evolution became more and more obstreperous and even threatened to pull him by the beard if he would not immediately comply with their desire had he called his associate or even hadji to his aid he knew he could have soon calmed their turbulence but being unwilling to run the risk of a discovery or even of a riot he bethought himself of chastising their insolence in another manner that would be less hazardous and rather more effectual in consequence of this suggestion he pointed his wand towards the door of the apartment in which the ladies had taken sanctuary and the two rakes understanding the hint rushed in without hesitation the females finding their place of retreat taken by assault ran about the room in great consternation and were immediately taken prisoners by the assailants who pulling them towards the windows opened the shutters at the same instant of time when strange to tell one of the heroes discovered in the prize he had made the very wife of his bosom and his companion perceived that he had stumbled in the dark upon his own mother 
their mutual astonishment was unspeakable at this eclaircissement which produced an universal silence for the space of several minutes during this pause the ladies having recollected themselves an expostulation was begun by the elder of the two who roundly took her son to task for his disorderly life which laid her under the disagreeable necessity of watching his motions and detecting him in such an infamous place while the careful mother thus exercised her talent for reprehension the hopeful young gentleman with an hand in each fob stood whistling an opera tune without seeming to pay the most profound regard to his parents reproof and the other lady in imitation of such a consummate pattern began to open upon her husband whom she bitterly reproached with his looseness and intemperance demanding to know what he had to allege in alleviation of his present misconduct the surprise occasioned by such an unexpected meeting had already in a great measure destroyed the effects of the wine he had so plentifully drank and the first use he made of his recovered sobriety was to revolve within himself the motives that could possibly induce his wife to give him the rendezvous in this manner as he had good reason to believe she was utterly void of jealousy he naturally placed this rencontre to the account of another passion and his chagrin was not at all impaired by the effrontery with which she now presumed to reprimand him he listened to her therefore with a grave or rather grim aspect and to the question with which she concluded her rebuke answered with great composure all that i have to allege madam is that the board has committed a mistake in consequence of which we are both disappointed and so ladies your humble servant so saying he retired with manifest confusion in his looks and as he passed through the audience chamber eyeing the conjurer askance pronounced the epithet of precious rascal with great emphasis meanwhile the junior like a dutiful child handed his mamma to her chair and the other client after having reviled the necromancer because he could not foresee this event went away in a state of mortification end of part one of chapter eighty three